0: Welcome to Minds in Music, a biweekly discussion about music education, technology, teaching, and the future of learning brought to you by Solfeggio. I am hosting this lovely podcast. My name is Jillian Damaris. I am a music teacher from Pioneer Charter School in Everett, Massachusetts. We are a STEM school focusing on science, technology, engineering, and math. But being the music teacher is always a great attribute to all of those things. And also, I am a music technology graduate student at NYU, which is just stellar, amazing program. And I am here with Gina Vidak. She is from Ontario, Canada. She's a graduate from Niagara University. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yes. Beautiful. I college. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. And she is here to talk about how you can prepare yourself and your students for the fall. We are all anticipating what this is going to look like. So the more we talk about it, the better we'll feel about it. Hopefully <laughs> <So sure. she's laughs> gonna going to bring her insight into this. And we, again, are just so happy to have you here. So if you want to start us off, you want to give us
1: a little bit of background about who you are and where you teach. Sure. So I'm, as Jillian said, my name is Gina. Um, I am the kind of creator and person behind uh, the page uh, Music Plus Coffee. Uh, but I did my bachelor's of music education through Western uh, University. And then I did, as you said, teacher's college through Niagara University too. So right now I teach uh, in a very small town at a to K-5 school that I just adore. Um, and usually my job is mixed with something different. And every year it's been different. So that's been super fun. And it's a a great way for me to make those like cross curricular connections. So one year I did music and gym. Another year I did music in kindergarten. So it's super fun. And I can't wait to find out what I'm doing this year. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you still kind of waiting to hear back from your school about? Yeah, like schedules okay. and things haven't been let out yet. I mean, we're still like a month away from the start of school. So there's still time. But Yeah, there is (laughs) a few. (laughs) So,
0: you know, this is something that was kind of interesting to me, and I'm wondering if other people uh, will resonate with this a little bit. But I'm just curious about the programs uh, with music education in Canada based on like your guidelines for teaching, if there are anything similar to the US or if you know
1: any of those like similarities or differences? Yeah, I mean, my knowledge base would be on kind of what I've seen on, like, Instagram and from other teachers, but I think the American music guidelines are more, like, accelerated, I think. Um, For us, I I think it depends on the board, but I know for us, like, our kindergarten program is play-based, and music is not really, like, a subject that students explore. um, But it's kind of tied into your everyday class routines and different subjects that they can explore. So we actually kind of don't really start till grade one is where you have a proper music class. And even from there, I think we're a little bit more slow to start to get to band and things like that. And we also still have um, Catholic schools and public schools. So I know for myself, I went to Catholic school as a kid, and we didn't actually do band until high school. Whereas in the public system, like where I teach now, uh, starting in grade six, you can start doing instrumental band and having those big, you know, even after school programs like marching band and things like that. So uh, it is a little bit different. And I find myself, you know, even with my background in music, I actually initially intended on teaching high school music. So I was all about band and everything. And then just the way, you know, the journey went for me, I ended up doing my teacher's college in um, primary and junior. So then I really had to adjust the way I was thinking and teaching to primary and junior. Right. So um, it's a little bit different, but I find myself really wanting to learn from American music teachers because I just see how much they do and how amazing their students are and it's really an attribute to to them like the music teachers out there like yourself who are just like putting so much in and getting so much done and teaching so much and I just I'm trying to incorporate that into my own practice as well. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But
0: also having that experience of teaching elementary and then, you know, progressing into high school. I mean, that is going to be extremely beneficial Mm -hmm. So no matter what direction it is that you end up. Um, That's amazing. That's Mm -hmm. really great to hear that you're invested that much, especially in what you're doing now, you know, giving those students what they need. Um, So to talk a, a little bit, let's just dive into the fall. So. You're going in to teach K. Is it K through five? K
1: through five, yeah.
0: K through five. So, what are ways now that you're trying to implement specific tools, or um, you know, even like manipulatives that you're preparing to send off to your students? Maybe what are some ways that you're trying to get
1: yourself and your students ready? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things I'm trying to do, you know, at the end of the day, we want everyone to have fun. So I want to mix in some digital projects, some, you know, worksheet in class kind of fun stuff, but I don't want to take away the music part of music. Like making music is really what makes music class and class what it is. Right. So, Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I'm trying to do is I want to have students make their own instruments and, It's very elementary, it's very crafty, it's gonna be so DIY, but I think there are ways that you can start you know, your year off with that and take your students, you know, to a place where even if it's just a paper plate, they can still make music with that and really show them that, you know, there are ways that things that we have in our everyday life can be music or create music. And so just trying to keep in the mindset that, you know, we want to keep things safe. And like, to be honest, like I don't have time to sanitize everything Every part of the day. And I, I'm lucky enough that, you know, I only teach K to five. So usually my day only about three out of the six periods of the day are gonna be music, and the other three periods are something else. And so I just feel for those like, you know, K to eight teachers or teachers who teach in these big schools that their whole schedule is music. And so to me, it's it's too much to sanitize everything it's going to be too much to like even just because I know for us we're being told if students do something even if they sanitize it or you sanitize it they have to be put on a shelf for three days for like an extra round of sanitization right so I'm not saying that I wouldn't use instruments at all but you know it's just about you know maybe your grade ones and twos are going to do a little craft where they make their own rain stick but maybe your threes and fours they can be on instruments because you know, those classes are happening at a different time. And then that way you can kind of separate things. So that's kind of one thing that I want to do. And even just, you know, getting them used to being online. We don't know how this school year is going to look. And it may very well end up where, you know, you're in school for part of the year. And then, you know, there might be a a situation where you're back to distance learning. So I kind of want to keep that technology part in the classroom as well, because the best part is I'm there to help them right away. Like it's not waiting for an email. It's not waiting for, you know, or for them to reach out to me. So I kind of want to keep that going. Like recently I've just uh, put in my teachers pay teacher store, you know, a genres of music, Uh, project and an instrument research project. And right there you can kind of make a connection of we're going to make this instrument and then I want you to do a research project on it and tell me the origins and tell me where you hear this instrument. So we're kind of making those in-class and online connections throughout and that way it'll just make things a lot easier I think for me but also That way students can see, we can have fun. We can do things online and have fun. We can do things in class and have fun. And I know from what I see online, a lot of teachers are making Google sites, which I think is like such a good idea. We were lucky enough, I think, to experience a little bit of distance learning, you know, as chaotic as it was to transition. But we kind of know now the do's and don'ts. And that's what I'm really looking at when I'm thinking about my plans for September, what worked and what didn't. What didn't work was me being part of eight Google Classrooms and posting in every single one, assignments and looking at things and posting links and all of this stuff. And, you know, it was fine for the students because everything was in one place. But for me, it was a lot of extra work. Whereas I see these teachers creating Google sites where all of the information is in one spot and you can just share a link, the same link in every Google Classroom or whatever program you use, um, and they have all the information there. So that's something that slowly I do want to start working on just because i want everything to be very you know organized and also like synchronous kind of thing absolutely
0: so let's get into a little bit of teachers pay teachers now for some teachers that don't really i actually don't have much experience with posting anything to teachers pay teachers but um how did you find that that being an avenue for you to share some of your resources and was it easy to do that
1: yeah so it kind of started uh, like just you know, naturally when you're a music teacher and musician, you're a very creative person. And so for me, you know, I started and came into a school situation where the music teacher was retiring. So I inherited a lot of amazing music resources but to me I was like I wish it was cuter or you know I see like you know these uh, English and math teachers and, and science teachers on TPT posting these really cute resources and I'm like right. I, I, I want <laughs> cute music resources too you know yeah. yeah and there are like such great like creators online too like before me but you know I just wanted to put my own little twist on it and I had my own ideas and, and things like that so it just came down to you know a summer of writing out all of those ideas and And finally taking the plunge and like going into it. Now, you know, it is a lot of work. Like there's a lot of different platforms to keep up with right now. You know, I've got um, my Teachers Pay Teachers store. I have a YouTube channel. I have an Instagram account, a Facebook page, you know. So you really have to have great time management skills to, you know, schedule all of those things and make sure that you're super organized and doing that. But I think at the end of the day, if you're – having fun then it's totally worth it you know and my biggest thing is i'm just out here trying to help help people, you know, help other teachers out, give teachers ideas on what to do. And, you know, that's the great part about my website is I'm allowed to, um, with my mailing list, I can share a lot of things for, for free even with the teachers and goes right to the email box and they can see, okay, this is an idea that I can maybe run with, or this is a great idea for something I could use in my class. So at the end of the day, it's all about like helping each other. And that's why I really like that as a platform.
0: Definitely. And I think teachers should absolutely take advantage of that opportunity and take this as, you know, a source of inspiration, you know, someone who's like, just kind of getting their feet wet with all of these resources now and getting comfortable with digital learning. And just, you know, we might not have had, you know, many years to practice these. But if you can put it out there, if you've tested and tried even a couple lessons, and you post them online, um, anything helps, you know, we're all trying to gather those resources uh, as much as we can right now. So so, Gina, it's amazing that you're taking the time to do that outside of, you know, everything else in your life that I'm sure that you're trying to balance as well. So beautiful. Yeah. And I kind of want to just dive a little bit back into the found sounds and kind of those projects that, you know, creating a rain stick. And are there any other similar uh, lessons that you've kind of developed that you kind of want to dive into? So you talked about creating a research project with based on uh, a specific type of instrument and maybe genres, anything,
1: else? Yeah. So I actually, I have a blog post coming out this week about kind of four different areas that I want to focus on for, um, this upcoming school year. So one is, is the DIY crafty part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. the second is like research projects and doing more things online. The other two things is one utilizing read alouds. There are some really great, uh, music teachers out there and I see them putting like posting I've got this new reader loud or this and you can see there's so many different ideas on how you can make that read aloud into a song or into a rhythm pattern that the students do and make it more interactive and I think that's kind of my my goal is trying to get my hands on some of these music books and see how I can turn them into a lesson that students can be involved in and so um, and even if it's just you know they tap the rhythm on their desk right that's totally a safe thing they can do but they're participating in the read aloud and it's not just here's a story i'm going to read to you about so and so then playing their drum it's come connect with me in this story. And that read aloud, you could probably use for a couple of weeks on end if you're doing different things. And as the students get more familiar with the story, they can do more, more with it or take it further. So that's definitely you can something get into that a whole b- subunit if you want yeah. to, honestly. Yeah. And, well, and even just incorporating all of those things. Like if you take a book like Drum Dream Girl, great music book about a girl who wants to drum, then take that and go, okay, well now we're gonna make a drum of our own. Okay, right. now we're gonna drum the rhythms that, you know, if there's a repeating line in that book, you know, we're gonna drum that rhythm every time I read it. You know, you're you like right there, you have three weeks of lessons that you could do and, and make a unit on on percussion instruments with that too, right? So I'm like kind of trying to take have a bass idea like a book and then go from there and say okay i'm going to spin off all of these things so um i definitely want to get more into that and put more of that out there because i think that it's really important for us to think outside the box a little bit you know and and not be afraid to like make our lives easier like maybe you know someone listening is going to say well i don't have a problem with sanitizing instruments after every class that's great that's great. And that's awesome. And if you have the time and the drive and everything to do that, that's amazing. I just know for me, it's a lot with my little school, you know, and and it's, I would rather keep everyone safe. And if we can have a good time drumming on our desks, and if I'm into it, they're going to buy it, right? Like, that's part of it, too. If you're into it, if you can convince them that it's going to be fun, they're going to see the fun in it, too. So,
0: Absolutely. And that's a really great point right there, too, Gina. Thank you for saying that. I mean, you really have to just invest yourself and try to find anything that you're passionate about within music and try to find a way to convey that to your students. I mean, who knows, they may be a little bit young, but it doesn't mean that they're not capable of learning the fundamentals of it, you know? So I, yeah. for example, love to incorporate popular music and there are a lot of entry points for popular music too. And especially, you know, using a bunch of different digital tools, you know, any little thing using a, a beat machine or, you know, like a, a digital audio workstation, it seems daunting, but when it comes down to it, I mean, you know, dragging and dropping a loop isn't very hard, you know, and, and you yeah. really enjoy that kind of like that experience of being able to create something on their own. So, uh, but definitely it it the root comes down to the passion. So definitely continue to, to find things that, you know, in your life that you love, music that you love, uh, projects that you enjoy, instruments, picking up a new instruments and always a great way of kind of reinvigorating that love for music. And that will always be conveyed to your students in a positive way, so.
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure. And it's gonna be a school year not like any other one right like it's right I I think it's fair to say to your students and what I plan on telling them too is like you know it's not going to be like music class in the past we we have to make some changes but it doesn't mean we're not going to do music or we're not going to have fun it's about we're going to really think about how we can do this in a fun way that keeps everyone safe if you're going back to school in person like I am right so
0: Exactly. And I feel there's always been a large emphasis on performing ensembles for throughout a a variety of generations of music education. And as much as we have learned so much from being part of those ensembles, um, this is a really great opportunity to try having your students learning different ways of, um, you know, like understanding improvisation, understanding composition, uh, you know, the like you were saying, the different styles and genres of music. I mean, there's so many outlets and avenues that kids can tap into. And, you know, we need to embrace those right now, for sure. For as, as little as we have for their, you know, curriculum base, we can try the best we can to just, you know, take things, take one song that is, you know, interesting to you that or interesting to your students and try to break it down and make it something that they'll be invested in. You know, that's, that's really what what we should at least make an effort to kind of step away from that emphasis on on, you know, trying to create these virtual ensembles and trying to do all these big ticket projects and just allow ourselves to explore other avenues, which we would normally never get to do in a regular class classroom setting.
1: So yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, you like took the words right out of my mouth. It's, it's about embracing those areas that you don't get to and, and telling yourself that it's okay It's okay to not do choir. It's okay to not do band. You, you know, I, I, yeah. And that's hard to that, like as a music teacher, that's hard to really digest. Right. And even I have been joking with my coworkers, Oh, we're going to have a humming choir. We're going to be called the humdingers. And we're just going to hum our way through all of these songs, you know, (laughs) and I like, you know, if I'm that enthusiastic about it, maybe some kids will join, but if we can't do it, then that's, that's okay. Right. Like, Uh, the kids will understand they know so much more than I think we might give them credit for. And I think if you told your, you know, seven and eight band, you know what, there's not going to be our ensembles this year. We're not going to do them this year because of this, you know, they might be upset, but at least you can say, you know what, in the future we'll get back to it. You know, someday you will go back to ensembles, but for now, this is my alternative of what we're going to do. So Beautiful. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Gina, so much. Now, uh,
0: to segue into a little bit of uh, what's going on with you. So what's been your favorite summer activity? What's something that kind of maybe helps you de-stress and has kind of been a go-to thing for you throughout this whole time?
1: I am a very crafty person and if anyone listening is like has followed me on Instagram or anything uh, every like week I like pull out my Cricut machine and I'm making something if it's a t-shirt if it's uh, putting my name on my tumblr or something like that I just like to be crafty and creative and I think you know, that's sometimes I find myself in that, like, I always joke that I'm like that tortured artist type. And I think like any, every creative person is like, you have this side of you that's like, I'm not good enough. And like, I, I suck. And then you have this other side that is like, wow, I, I'm so creative and I have all these ideas I don't know what to do with. And so I find when I'm getting to that point, you know, when I'm going to the tortured part and I can't get out of it, I need to do something really creative and, and fun and outside of kind of what I'm working on in order to get back to it kind of thing. That's beautiful, Gina. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. you
0: know what? I totally relate to that too because um, I actually have been a songwriter for like seven or eight years now. And it's kind of just been like a hobby that I I love because Mm it it gets me to not only understand like the inner workings of lyrics and music theory, but I just find it's like, it's so stress relieving. You Mm -hmm. know, just, it's kind of like, just sing it out, you know, (laughs) then experience just like you know it's like singing out your favorite song there's something about that that just you know it helps you to just release all of the the anxieties and the pressure of you know of life and um You know, that's been something that I found myself, you know, picking up my guitar, just sitting down at the piano for, you know, an hour or so and just plunking out stuff, even if it doesn't sound great, not holding yourself to an expectation, just allowing yourself to just be there in that moment and enjoying it for what it is, you know. And like you said, it's it's so difficult because you see all these incredible artists or musicians and all you want to do is just criticize yourself.
1: All the time. (laughs) It's so true. I actually made an Instagram post about how like, so my major when I was doing my uh, music degree was piano. And Mm -hmm. when I finished my degree, I did not touch a piano for two years at all. And I I, I made an Instagram post about how like, I had such a hard time getting back to playing because to me it was always, I always had a teacher. I always had a goal to do some exam or something or a performance. And I didn't know how to play for fun. And I almost felt guilty playing a pop song and not doing like a classical song, like playing Beethoven or playing Bach. And I like really struggled with that. And I had some like, Like I always say, it was like a bad relationship with the piano for a while. And then stepping into the classroom, you know, I had to play a lot for the kids, like to sing along and, and all this stuff. And that really... I, teaching helped me bring back that joy for me and the piano, and now now we're in a much better place. <laughs> <laughs> right, when you see it
0: start to impact people, I think that's where you really start to realize like this is meaningful beyond from you know what I think and what I feel, and that's the hardest thing right now is you have so many musicians out there who are at home, maybe in their bedroom studios, maybe just in their parents' basement, like trying to make music and they're not getting that experience of. Being being in front of an audience, or Mm. having people reassure them that they're good, that they sound great. You have to be kind of your own advocate right now. And I think that goes for teachers, too. Like you, you have to be your own advocate. And you know, whether it's your your school district trying to go back, you know, full on in person learning or hybrid, um, you know, you have to stick by what you feel. And you you're going to be the only person that really knows your body the best and what you can handle. And, you know, you should you should always stand for that. Stanford for
1: no, stand for number one. <laughs> right. That's right. I'm going to yeah. say preach, preach, girl. Like you. Like, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know, like, I mean, I had my fair share of health problems, too. I think we all do, you know, whether it's like pain or, you know, it's like an immune disorder. I mean, one of my best friends has Crohn's disease and she's been oh. hiding in her bedroom, you know, for the past like six or seven months. And it's it's tough. But she's the most positive person that I know. And, and, you know, is, is constantly like posting positive things online. And, you know, if we could just, if we can kind of channel that positivity, um, you know, it's, it's always going to be, it's always going to show off the best of us, you know, yeah, rather exactly. than letting it get at the better of us. So.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, well, this is so great. I want to continue on. Ugh,
1: I feel like this every time. <laughs> I know. Well, I feel bad because I know we're over, but I think I was just talking too much. But there's just so much to say. <laughs> no, everything you said is... is-
0: on point and was so great, Gina. Thank you so much for being here with us and letting us hear your voice. And I wish the best of luck to you this year and, you know, the best of luck to your students in your district and, and, you know, just enjoying as much as you can at this time right
1: now. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It was lovely to talk to you and connect with another music teacher who's not so far away, actually. We're... Yeah, I it. <laughs> it's only a few hours on the border, right? Exactly. exactly.
0: I love it. Well, thank you, Gina, so much. Take care. Yes, you too. Thanks for having me. <laughs>